Hey, everybody, and welcome to the SoFlo Circle podcast, South Florida's business podcast, where we talk to owners and entrepreneurs about what they've learned throughout the journey of growing their companies. My name is Tim Davis, and I'm your host. Today in the podcast, we have Jesse Servone, VP of Sales and Operations at OTD Florida, a family-owned and operated corporation servicing Florida with prompt, affordable courier and overnight delivery services. We talk about the origin of OTD, trusting your gut, and doing what it takes to make the customer happy. That's that's enough from me. Let's get to it. Jesse, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So OTD Delivery, um, give us the origin story. I mean, this is a family business, been around for a while. How did you get involved? How did your family start this? Give us sort of the origin story of OTD. Sure. So uh, in 1981, my grandfather started the business. Um Lou pop up as we all so lovingly refer to him. Um, he started the business, you know, one, two vans, uh, him and a friend, and we've just grown from there. Yeah. And when did you get involved? What's your, what's your story with the business? Sure. So, uh, I've been with the company about six, uh, six to seven years full time. You know, of course, being uh, a kid in a family business growing up, you spend summers running around the warehouse and um, kind of being around the the team. And um, a lot of the same people who are still working there now have seen me grow up. So that's always a, a, a fun thing to see develop over time. Um, but yeah, I've been there about yeah. six to seven years uh, after after I was at FAU. Okay. And, and you're now the uh, VP of sales and operations. How did, so you mentioned being a kid, I'm fascinated by this. You know, you're, <laughs> you're now probably the, the boss of some people who you were just like a squirt, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. How, how has that transition been? What's that like? Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's definitely been a learning experience, I think, certainly for myself, but also for the team there. Um, it's hard to earn the respect of people who have, uh, you know, professionally who have seen you grow up and who have been there for significantly longer than uh, I have and even longer than I've been alive. Um, and what's been really yeah. cool is I've gotten an opportunity to work really in every aspect of the business. Um, so I've worked alongside of these guys. I've, you know, helped them. And uh, so it's been a, a slow process, but a, a great one. Um, to just learn as much as I can to to try and continue yeah. the the family business and do it right. Yeah, that's great. So explain to me um, OTD delivery. What are what are you delivering? What's the process? What's the product? Um, help 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 us understand exactly what it is you all deliver. <laughs> sure. So the name was originally on time delivery, and then we just shortened it to the uh, to the abbreviation OTD. We're OTD Florida now is our official name. Yeah. Um, so we are a delivery company for the state of Florida. Okay. Um, we do basically three to four main kinds of deliveries. Uh, so we do a UPS style, like routed ground delivery um, throughout the state doing residential drop-offs, also commercial drop-offs. Um, that's generally a little bit smaller packages, anything under 40, 50 pounds, all the way down to envelopes. Um, kind of like Amazon, like the postal service, like UPS. Okay. Another thing we do is an on-demand Uber-style delivery. So if you need a, a mug dropped off from your desk to you know, the house across the street, you know, we can come and do that. 
Um, we do a lot of legal professional documents for that and emergency medicine, but there's been some weird ones too. <laughs> Um, and then, so the next chunk of what we do is warehousing. We're a full fulfillment center. So we've got product in our warehouse. We'll pick, pack, and ship it out. And, um, and over the years, we've just continued to diversify and add little additional niches into, uh, you know, our entire business that just work really well with what we do. Yeah. So this is, this is fascinating to me because speedy delivery is like the thing now, you know, obviously Amazon has been working to perfect that for years now. And we've got all the food services that do that. And we've got things like Postmates. Uh, do you view those kind of major corporations as competition or are you able to have these niches? You, you mentioned like legal documents. I'm wondering if that there's like, there's a safety and a security there that you're able to capitalize on because you are small and reliable and the lawyers can know you or, or how do you sort of survive in, in what seems to me to be a pretty competitive delivery space? Sure. Yeah. I think uh, the Amazons of the world have actually helped us because it's brought more knowledge and attention to the industry. So 10, 15 years ago, you would not be probably familiar with terminology like a fulfillment center and uh, ground delivery, on-demand delivery, all these terms people are more accustomed to, people are more used to. So I think generally they're more receptive to us when you know we're given the opportunity to get in front of someone and talk. The life of a regional carrier, a company like us, you know, there's companies like us throughout the country that kind of service one area. Um, the life of a regional carrier is absolutely affected by the big guys, by Postmates, Delivery Dudes, Amazon, all those companies. Um, and the, the way that it's yeah. pushing the industry is to be more and more specialized. So 20 years ago, before email was super popular, we were running around legal documents all the time. And now there's a little bit less of that. So what do we do? We go and find another way to diversify. Mm -hmm. And we're very heavily involved in the medical world. So people need prescription medicine, they need it quickly. Um, people who are really sick and need the help, you know, fast and reliable. Um, you just continue to diversify into slightly different different models. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because it's it's sort of like there's an endless amount of things that people could need quickly. <laughs> sure, there, there really is. I do some door-to-door -door sales occasionally and... When I'm training another guy on, you know, trying to do sales for the company, it's very much so remembering that throughout the course of a day, a week, a month, a year, almost every single company that you run into, uh, Publix, <laughs> um, you know, grocery stores, any kind of store that you can think of, any kind of business that you can think of, mm -hmm. at one point or another is going to need something moved. Um, it might be something small. It might be pallets anywhere in between, but everyone needs something moved. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Interesting. Um, so when, as you've moved into this, this leadership role, uh, what's, what's something you wish you had known when, when you started that, uh, how, how long have you been in that role? You know, this VP of sales and operations, uh, and what's something you wish you knew when you started that you've learned since then? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so I've been in this role for about two to three years. Um, and it's great to be able to work directly under my dad and uncle who run the business day to day, our, uh, our C-suite team, our CEO and COO. 
Um, what do I wish I would have known when I started? Um, man, you know what's what's honestly so great um, growing up in a family business is you really see the transparency of what it takes to run a business from a really early age. Whether it was, you know, my dad working a half a day on Christmas Day because people think need things delivered um, or taking calls late at night. I slowly growing up got to see the responsibilities and the great honor it is to be able to run a family business. What I specifically wish I would have known, um, I guess, is just more experience and uh, knowledge in people management skills. Man, every every person that you interact mm. with is different. They're going to respond to uh, instruction, criticism, and praise differently. And that's definitely been a big growing learning experience mm. for me. I love being around people. I love problem solving with people. Um, but you can never be uh, proficient enough in working with people. Yeah, that's so true. That's good. What do you think is your, you know, as you've, as you've taken on this role, what would you consider your biggest failure? Uh, and you can be, you know, if you need to be vague in general, that's fine. But, you know, as honest as you're willing to be, what do you think your biggest failure has been? And what'd you learn from it? Yeah, great question. I think, <clears throat> I think experiences teach us all different kinds of things. I think one thing that I uh, have to be consistently reminded of and I am reminded of, thankfully, by by my dad and uncle and the rest of the family at the business is to really trust myself. Um, sometimes I, I might get to an opportunity, a new business and be working on a proposal to them to see how we can help save them money, help speed up their deliveries, help give them a better service for their customers. And I might second guess, um, you know, a pricing question, exactly how we're going to price something out, price something too high or too low. And every time at this point that I go back to my dad and say, hey, can you look over these numbers? I just want to double check, make sure I'm thinking about it right. He'll ask me one or two questions, not specifically about the numbers. And he'll say, Jesse, you know exactly how to price it. You don't need me to take a look at it. And so that trust being put back onto me is great. Um, there definitely has been projects uh, through the years that I, I might have priced a little too low, <laughs> but uh, you know we always make make it work and find a way to yeah. keep the customer happy. Of course, yeah, I feel like that's that's one of the harder things, especially especially when you are a young business owner, a young leader, and um, you know I know for us starting starting a business and navigating how to price things. It's almost consistently always underselling ourselves and pricing things too low because right. we're trying to get the sale or we're afraid that the price is going to be alienating or off-putting. That's something that's been incredibly difficult for me to figure out. Okay, let me really let me really assess how much time, energy, expertise for us, gear, you know, thousands of hours of mastery of something like video editing or, or cinematography, like all of that is going into someone's 30 second video and it has to be accounted for, you know, it can't just be, yeah, here's a video for 150 bucks. We got to, we have to account for all of those other things. But once you do that, you're like, Oh my God, this is getting expensive. But how else do you stay in business unless you're honest about, about your product or your service? Yeah, sure. Ultimately, I think a lot of times you're paying your younger self that put in all the hours 
uh, on the front end to, to get that <laughs> expertise. Yes, definitely. No, that's a great way to think about it. What's what's sort of your number one, and we're sort of getting into that already, but what's, what's your number one piece of advice to, to business owners, to people running a business? My number one piece of advice to business owners um, would very simply be to, hopefully I say this right and not backwards, to do what you say you're going to do and not oversell and underdeliver. Um, in South Florida, mm. you're a South Florida business podcast. Uh, there is a lot of businesses that go under constantly. It's a revolving door down here, especially in crazy times like we are in now. And um, you've got to make sure mm. that you're going to follow through and deliver for your customers, um, whether that means you stay up you know, yeah. through all the late hours of the night to get your video editing and cinematography done. Or for us, if I got to jump in the vehicle and get the work done yeah. myself to cover somebody, you got to do whatever it takes to keep the customer happy. Um, otherwise, you won't be around for, you know, decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's sort of that crucial point where. I think all of us are kind of wrestling with, I want to balance my life and I want to have a life outside of work. But when you own the business and it, and push comes to shove, you got to make those sacrifices sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what, that's what keeps you around and reliable, I think. So um, tell me a little bit, how has, how has uh, COVID-19 affected your business positively or negatively are you all are you all delivering vaccines? I don't you know what's what's that been like? And and take us back a year when this started. Did you shut down? Did you ramp up? What's sort of the COVID nineteen effect been on OTD? Sure. So um, my uh, dad and uncle have been really running the day to day for um, close to to a decade, uh, maybe ten to fifteen years, somewhere in between there, uh, and we've been. Thankfully, slowly growing, um, consistent growth uh, year over year, slowly but surely. Break to the beginning of, um, I guess it's 2020, uh, when this all started. You know, things were going good. And when we found the news and it started to become an issue in, in Florida specifically, uh, we took it extremely seriously. Um, we pretty much put as many people as possible um, from the office and the warehousing team to working remotely. Um, now, obviously in a service industry, uh, when we still do have work to do, it's, it's hard to put everyone at home, um, you know, to, to service a warehouse center, people have got to be in the warehouse. So we took uh, extra measures to try and keep everyone safe yep. from some, you know, spreading out of workstations and uh, bought a bunch of, you know, high grade air filters to put all throughout the building um, we were pretty much as remote as possible for a half a year, I feel like. And through that time, um, there yeah. was definitely a good chunk, maybe 30% of our business or so, um, that, that went away. Um, at the time we didn't know if it was going to be temporary or long lasting. And thankfully we were able to find some yeah. COVID specific work at the time and so it was really awesome to be at a position where with even though we had lost some business temporarily because businesses were shutting down, people were working remotely online. During that time, we were able to help deliver meals to the senior citizens of Dade County. And um, 
during that time frame, we were delivering thousands of deliveries a day to people who couldn't get food without, you know, because they couldn't leave their house. And that put us all into, you know, hyperdrive wow. working a hundred hours a week, everyone busting their ass 24 seven. And thankfully we were able to bring a lot of drivers on during that yeah. time too, when a, people really needed the work, really needed to uh, keep money coming in to feed their families and take right. care of themselves. We were able to bring on um, 20 to 30 drivers for, for temporary work for a while, which was really awesome to be a part of that. Yeah, that's cool. It's being able, you know, being in a business where you were hurt, obviously, and had to make major changes, but then able to capitalize on what's happening, but in a in a positive way, in a way that's helping the right. community situation, both in what you're providing, what you're delivering, but also in providing jobs for people who desperately needed some kind of income. That's that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's been what's been the hardest thing personally that you've had to deal with? So you you know if you've your work self, your personal life. I know those things blend and overlap, and we can't really pull ourselves apart in that way, but. What's been the, the toughest thing personally for you as you've uh, grown as a, as a leader at your business? Two, I think two things come to mind. Um, so the first being we are 24 uh, seven. If you call us tonight at 2 a.m., someone's phone will ring. And tonight that's my phone. <laughs> um, so that's definitely, uh, you know, a, a sacrifice that we make as the company, there's a couple of us that split up the responsibilities of the night shifts. And, you know, it's, um, it's funny, I, I remember talking to a friend about it, and they were blown away that, you know, a couple, two, three days a week, I cover the phones at night. And they were shocked, like, how could you possibly do that? I can't imagine waking up at two, three o'clock trying to get work done. And I said, you know, honestly, it, it's, it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it, you know, waking up and groggy, or if I'm, you know, just staying up that night, um, is definitely a pain, but being able to do that for the family, for all the years of work that they've put in to build our company to what it is now, you know, I feel, um, super lucky to be able to like put in the, the long hours, uh, in a weird, like rewarding way through the struggle mm -hmm. <laughs> of the long hours. The second mm -hmm. thing being, uh, yeah. during the heavy part of the lockdown, we actually had some friends living with us at the time, kind of in like a little COVID pod, you know, staying, staying home, staying together. And um, yeah, during that time, yeah. all four of us were either doing school or doing work remotely. And I'm sure as you and everyone else listening can uh, attest to working at home with, uh, you know, multiple people trying to spread out and have some peace and quiet to get their work done was definitely a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, for sure. Have you ever wanted to quit? Have you ever been like family business, bump it? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go work a nine to five, or I'm gonna go start my own <laughs> business, or I'm tired of waking up in the middle of the night. Like, yeah. Well, have you ever wanted to quit, and, and why didn't you? Yeah. So what's funny is I growing up didn't know for sure that I was gonna go into the family business, um, sure. which I think in the long run has really played out well for me in my commitment and not wanting to quit. So I remember growing up, my dad always would tell me and my sister, and I, you know, I would hear my cousins be told the same thing. If you don't want to work at the company, like don't work at the company, find something you're passionate about, go do something you love. 
I grew up around the water fishing and boating. And for a long time, I thought I was going to go, you know, be involved in that industry, whether it was being a charter guide or who knows what. Um, yeah. And around college, uh, when I really yeah. started to spend more time at work, I really fell in love with the puzzle that is logistics and being able to take it apart and put it back together to get the problem mm. done. Um, and so I really am like passionate about what I do. Yeah. You know, we're a delivery company. We're not astronauts, but I think it's super fun. I, I love working um, with my family and I, I don't really recall too many times that I've wanted to quit. Yeah. That problem solving probably keeps you mentally engaged. So that's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you may have already answered this, but is is there a is there a profession that you'd like to try? Or if you know, if you weren't doing this, is, is it that charter boat captain, or is there something specific in that industry? Like, if if you had to drop it all today, what would you try to go do? <laughs> uh, if I had to drop it all today, um, I would probably do something in the marine in industry, whether it's being a charter boat guide or yeah. um, you know, I know some boat builders maybe working in the manufacturing process at some part. Um, mm. you know, I, I could see myself maybe, uh, when I'm the grandpa and I got my kids running the place kind of part-time doing something in the water. <laughs> um, but it's hard sure. to, it's hard to see a change at this point being so heavily invested. Sure. 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 Definitely. Um, what are you curious about right now? It could be related to delivery and the sort of economics of, you know, you talked about, we talked about Amazon and Postmates and all that, it's something in your own business that you're curious about or something completely outside of your business that you're just curious about in life right now? Uh, definitely a business thing comes to mind. Um, in the last COVID relief bill, there was actually some uh, legislation thrown in there that affected the delivery industry. That's not super commonly known. Uh, we stumbled across it and there's a new need for an industry. It's the vaping industry. Um, basically the government said the postal service can't deliver the stuff. UPS and FedEx said they don't want to deliver the stuff. Um, and so now those companies are having to turn to regional carriers like us to see if they can stay open. Um, so more in a broad sense, I'm really interested wow. to see where, um, politics and legislation affects the industry as a whole moving forward as technology continues to exponentially grow you know, drone deliveries and self-driving vehicles. And um, those things don't scare me. They excite me because I'm just uh, really looking forward to yeah. adding pieces to the puzzle to be able to uh, ultimately fulfill the needs of, of the customers. Right. No, that's great. I, it, I feel like you have a good, you have a, a positive and creative outlook on, on the challenges, you know, and seeing them as opportunities rather than problems. Uh, which which I think is is great. Give us the pitch. Where can we find you and your business? How could you know if other business owners are are listening to this podcast? What what should they call you for? What could they call you for? Give us the pitch for OTD. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you're giving anything to UPS or FedEx that gets delivered in the state of Florida or the Postal Service for that matter, uh, definitely give us a call. If you're using uh, couriers or even if you have your own company vehicles and drivers, we're the backup for a lot of companies with their own drivers and vehicles. When a driver breaks down, calls out sick, we can you know jump in an emergency 
or ultimately save you a lot of money. Um, and you can focus what you're best at doing and we can focus what we're best at doing. So uh, our website is otdflorida.com. Um, you can shoot me an email, jesse at otdflorida.com. Uh, or if you want to stop on by and check out the facility, we're in Oakland Park, just east of 95. Um, the address is on our, on our website. Awesome. That's great, Jesse. Thank you. So my last question that I, that I ask all my guests is what's your favorite South Florida restaurant and what's your go-to order? Yeah. So uh, I have listened to a couple of your podcasts. And so I was ready for this question. Very excited. I am a foodie myself. Nice. Um, my like, favorite this was restaurant... the only one I prepared for. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, so my favorite restaurant at the moment is Papa's <laughs> Raw Bar in Lighthouse Point. Um, it's an awesome dive bar. Uh, oh, I love man. boating and fishing and their seafood is absolutely top notch. Family run local business. And um, my favorite order there. Man, all their sushi is so good. Um, I'm going to go with their Zach Thomas role, uh, who's a local legend of a football player, and uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I can – I don't – it's actually rare because there's so many good restaurants down here. More often than not, people are choosing a restaurant that I've never been, but Papa's Raw Bar, I have been many times, totally co-sign. It's outstanding. Never had the Zach Thomas role, though. You're, I agree. Their sushi is outstanding, but I, I'm going to have to try that next time I'm there. So great, great choice on that one. Yeah. And next door, they actually have a seafood market and you can like pick up fish to cook at home, too. Good stuff. Yeah, it's a great little area right there. Great little treasure in Lighthouse Point. All right, Jesse. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. And yeah, OTD, on-time delivery. Um Thank you for what you do and thank you for for helping South Florida, especially last year and providing jobs for people. I know I've got friends who you all provided jobs for, so I'm, I'm thankful to you for helping them out as well. And have a great rest of your day, man. Yeah, absolutely. Our business is delivering your business. Give us a call. Thank you again for listening to the SoFlow Circle podcast. If you have any media needs, video, audio, photography, social media, graphic design, please don't hesitate to reach out to me directly, uh, Tim Davis, Tim at StoneCircleMedia.co. That's .co. Here's what we believe. An increased digital reach through great videos for your website, an active YouTube channel, uh, content for social media platforms. Uh, has one major benefit, business growth. Why? Because strategically distributed media assets grow the value of your brand, which attracts more people to it. We can help with that. So shoot me an email, tim at stonecirclemedia.co, and we'd love to help you grow your business.